Hey, good morning. It's Tuesday morning. I hope you're doing great today. You've had a great start to your week. It's probably a weird week for y'all. I know it is for me uh, with our kids learning virtually this week and uh, Thanksgiving looking a little bit different this year. So uh, I hope no matter where you find yourself this week, whether it be hurt at home or whether it be on the road, I hope no matter where you find yourself, you're able to spend some time each morning in God's Word. So I, I'm, I'm thankful to get to do this with you every morning. Um, Today we're going to be reading, again, from Hosea chapter 14. We'll be looking at the world of the text, what's actually happening on the page today. So I want to invite you to read with me this morning from Hosea chapter 14, 1 through 9. Return, O Israel, to the Lord your God. For you all stumbled because of your iniquity. Take the words with you and return to the Lord. Say to him, take away all of our guilt, accept that which is good. We will offer the fruit of our lips. Assyria shall not save us. We will not ride upon horses. We will say no more, our God, to the works of our hands. In you the orphan finds mercy. I will heal their, hear their, I will heal their disloyalty. I will love them freely, freely, for my anger is turned from them. I will be like dew to, to Israel. He shall blossom like the lily. He shall strike root like the forest of Lebanon. His shoots shall spread out. His beauty shall be like the olive tree. His fragrance like that of Lebanon. They shall again live beneath my shadow. They shall flourish as a garden. They shall blossom like the vine. Their fragrance shall be like the wine of Lebanon. O Ephraim, what have I to do with idols? It is I who answer and look after you. I am like an evergreen cypress. Your faithfulness comes from me. Those who are wise understand these things. Those who are discerning know them. For the ways of the Lord are right. The righteous walk in them, but the transgressors stumble in them. This is a cool scene. We talked yesterday about how Hosea... It's about God constantly winning back his people and, uh, and, and, and freeing them from their sin and, and loving them, uh, just as Hosea would constantly um, win back Gomer from her, her infidelities. God is doing the same for us. He's constantly winning us back and forgiving us in spite of our great sin. This chapter uh, is kind of the, is the end of the book, and it's, it's, it plays out almost like a... Um, I don't know, you know, we have, I have a variety of people watching this video, and I don't know what church you go to, and I don't know what communion looks like for you or what your experience is in worship. But if you go to a church that's a little bit more liturgical or high church, if you will, uh, you're going to see usually at least before communion, um, and you'll see it, uh, we, you see it in St. Matthew's during communion, but also during Lent, you see, um, you see a time of confession where... Um, um, we confess we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be a obedient church. We have not done. We have not done your will. We have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray, and free us for joyful obedience. That's one of the standard prayers of confession that we pray within our church. You can say, uh, you can, you can tell I'm familiar with it. I pray it a lot each day in my morning prayers, and then I pray it here in our church a fair amount. And then, of course, there is after, um, uh, there's after the prayer of confession. I, as the pastor, will respond. Here's the good news. Christ loved us while we were sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. And the people respond, in the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. And we, glory to God. Um, you know, um, and what's neat is that in that time of confession, we all are corporately confessing our sins. And then I pronounce forgiveness, and in the Methodist tradition, I'm pronouncing forgiveness for the people, but notice, I'm pronouncing God's forgiveness. I'm not forgiving anybody anything. I'm saying, in the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. I'm verbally giving you God's assurance of forgiveness, but I'm not forgiving. But then what's really neat, if you look at our hymnal, if the people respond back to me, in the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. 
I'm speaking to the people the assurance of forgiveness from God. And then right after that, the people who are speaking to me the assurance of forgiveness from me. So that's what I like about our, our service in the Methodist Church is this moment where I'm saying we're all we are all together confessing our sin. I'm letting you hear God's forgiveness to you, but then you're telling me God's forgiveness for me, and then we all finish it together. This chapter is the same type thing. Look what look what's happening here. God says, return, O Israel. Then he says, verse 2 says, take words with you and return to the Lord and say to him, God is giving Israel the words to say. So God, so they, they say these words, and then verse 4 says, and I will hear their, I will heal, heal, heal their disloyalty. I will love them freely. And God's pronouncing forgiveness. So this chapter almost plays out pretty well like a standard, at least Methodist Episcopal, in the Episcopal tradition the same way. I'm assuming Presbyterian and other liturgical traditions the same way, a prayer of confession and assurance of pardon. So I want to look real quick at, uh, at what, 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 they're what they're confessing sin-wise. This is what it says. To take these words with you. These are the words that God gives people to say. Take away our guilt, accept which, which is good, and we offer the fruit of our lips. So take away our guilt and accept our worship. Assyria shall not save us, we will not ride upon horses. We will say no more, our God, to the works of our hands. So basically, the people are confessing to God two sins here. First, they confess to God. We will say, uh, Assyria shall not save us. We will not ride upon horses. Assyria um, is modern-day Syria, uh, northern of Israel, north of Israel. It was a major power in that day. Uh, Israel was a small country. Um, Geographically, politically, militarily. So Israel, one of the things they would do is when they find found trouble, they would make alliances with Egypt or Assyria or whomever. When, when, when the big bad country would come to town, Babylon or whoever, they would make an alliance with Assyria or Egypt to protect them. Instead of turning to God for their protection, they would turn to earthly political alliances for their protection. God saying, no, don't make partnership with these countries. But turn to me. I will be your protection. I will be your safety. Do not find your safety and security from earthly alliances or earthly kingdoms. Find your safety and security from me. Do not find safety because Assyria is your friend. Find safety in me. Find security in me. So first they confess their reliance upon Assyria instead of their reliance upon God. But then they're told... And we will say no more, our God, to the works of our hands. So on one hand, they were looking to Assyria for their protection, their salvation. And then on the other, they were looking to the works of their own hands, to their own strength, to their own might, to their own power. God says, say no more to the works of, say no more, our God, to the works of your hands. But turn to me. Israel was tempted to find its safety and security in earthly alliances with Assyria. And then they were they were looking to find their security in their own ability, their own power. God says, no, 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 no. No, that's not. That's not where you find safety and security. That's where you, you find that in me. And the reason why this becomes idolatry is because the people found their identity and found their worth in these earthly things. 
instead of in God. They trusted more in the stuff of earth than they did in the stuff of God. And then when they trusted in the stuff of earth instead of the stuff of God, what C.S. Lewis called the stuff of heaven, when they trusted more in the things of earth, then their hearts grew hard to God. And they didn't think they needed God because they had all that they needed here on the earth. So they, get, they went through the mouthing of religious language and the festivals and things like that, but they didn't, they didn't really find their identity or their worth in God. Their identity was found in the stuff of the earth. But then God comes to them and frees them and forgives them. It says, confess, confess, and you will find freedom. God is a God who longs to forgive his children when they will confess. And so this entire passage here is laid out as a scene of confession and forgiveness. We see that God longs to forgive his children no matter what their sin is. So today, no matter what sin we're struggling with, no matter what's going on in our life, know that we can be forgiven through Jesus Christ. So may we find our identity and our worth in him and him alone. Hey, love you guys. Praying for you today. Hope you have a great Tuesday, and we'll see you bright and early tomorrow morning for our next devotional. See you then.